Hi. Hello. And welcome to Kraken's Cabin. I am so glad you called by this evening. We've had a breakthrough. I know, I know. We've been working so hard I could probably see anything as a breakthrough at this point, but no. We've actually had some luck. Do you remember a few months ago I received a phone call that needed to travel for a while? I never told you why, but you kindly didn't push for details. And I appreciate that. Well, it was for a research assistant that I'd hired in the past. They'd got in contact with me to let me know they'd found a reference to a bank safety deposit box, and I needed to sign some forms to give the permission for the box to be opened. I didn't want to hope for anything, but, well, it's definitely something. It was a portfolio, it was letters, and they were all addressed to N. If we hadn't found her photo on the safe recently, it would have been more confusing, but this ties things together, for sure. Whoever this N was, is, my uncle and her seem to have had more than just a friendly relationship. These letters, well, they're all poems. They all seem to suggest something about their involvement together. They're private. Normally I wouldn't look through this kind of stuff, but if there's something, anything in here that can help us find it, we need to make sure we don't leave any stone unturned, right? So, please sit down, relax. Some of these poems are shorter than others, but we'll read them together and we'll see what we can find. So if you're ready, we'll begin. A Dream Within a Dream by Edgar Allan Poe. Take this kiss upon the brow, and in parting from you now, thus much let me avow, you're not wrong, who deem that my days have been a dream. Yet if hope has flown away in a night or in a day, in a vision or in none, is it therefore the less gone? All that we see or seem is but a dream within a dream. I stand amid the roar of a surf-tormented shore, and I hold within my hand grains of the golden sand. How few! Yet how they creep through my fingers to the deep while I weep, while I weep. Oh God, can I not grasp them with a tighter clasp? Oh God, can I not save one from the pitiless wave? Or is it that all we see, or seem, is but a dream within a dream? Gentle Lady, Do Not Sing by James Joyce Gentle Lady, do not sing sad songs about the end of love. Lay aside sadness and sing how love that passes is enough. Sing about the long, deep sleep of lovers that are dead and how in the grave all love shall keep. Love is a weary now. Friends by Madison Julius Carwin Down through the woods along the way that fords the stream by rock and tree where in the bramble bell the bee swings and through twilight's green and grey the red bird flashes suddenly. My thoughts went wandering today. I found the fields were row on row the blackberries hang dark with fruit, where, nesting at the elder's root, partridge whistles soft and low, in the fields that billow to the foot of those old hills we used to know. There lay the pond, all willow-bound, on whose bright face, where noons were hot, we marked the bubbles rise, some plot to lure us in, 
while all around our heads like fairy fancies shot the dragonflies without a sound. The pond, above whose name bent to gaze upon her gypsy face, or in the twinkling night would trace a vague inverted firmament, in which the green frogs through their base and firefly sparkles came and went. The old time place we often ranged, when we were playmates, you and I. The old time fields with boyhood sky, still blue above them. Naught was changed. Nothing. Alas, then tell me why should we be, in whom the years estranged? The Spokes of Melancholy by Sir Philip Sidney Who hath ever felt the change of love, and known those pangs that losers prove, might paint my face without seeing me, and write the state how my fancies be, the loathsome buds grown on sorrow's tree. But who by hearsay speaks, and hath not fully felt, what kind of fires they be in which these spirits melt, shall guess and feel what doth displease, feel my pulse, miss my disease. Oh no, oh no, trial only shows the bitter juice of forsaken woes, where former bliss present evils do stain. Nay, former bliss adds to the present pain, while remembrance doth both states contain. Come, learners, then to me, the model of mishap. Engulfed in despair, slid down from fortune's lap. And as you liked my double lot, tread in my steps, or follow not. For me, alas, I am full resolved. Those bands, alas, shall not be dissolved. Nor break my word, though hath reward come late. Nor fail my faith in my feelings date. Or change and change, though change changed my fate. But always own myself, with eagle-eyed truth to fly. Up, up to the sun, although the sun my wings do fry. For if those flames burn my desire, yet shall I die in phoenix fire. The Flying Carpet by Victor Vasnatov if I had a magic carpet or a giant set of wings, I'd leave this world of parking lots and noise and motor cars, and I'd fly to far-off places and I'd see a million things, and I'd sleep beneath a canopy of fifty million stars. So play a game of let's pretend and climb aboard my carpet, and we'll fly away and do those things we usually cannot. We'll race down around the world and as swiftly as a comet, and set down in a gentle land the island of Shalott. We'll journey then to Scotland, to a misty rock-bound coast, and if we listen to the bleak sea wind, we'll surely hear the knell of a phantom church bell tolling for a long-dead pirate's ghost. The wanders still the headlands, listening for the educate bell. A horse-drawn carriage waiting near a lake that's frozen over. The snow is falling gently in the wood that's dark and deep. But we've no time to tarry. This is just a short stopover, for we have things to do, and miles to go before we sleep. The undulating curtains of the northern lights are glowing, with their dancing colours beckoning as far as we can see. We'll see the Yukon's frozen face and feel the chill wind blowing, and we'll rest beside old Lick Labarge and talk of San McGee. Now across the bleak Atulians and the snows of Fujiyama, 
the top of mighty Everest where we'll enjoy the view. The Himalayan valleys and the mountain panorama and the one-eyed yellow idol to the north of Kathmandu. It's stunning with the vista of the wide brown land before us. Endless miles of golden beaches as our carpet bricks to slow. I hope you all enjoyed your trip and none of you were nervous. It's morning and there's movement at the station down below. Stopping by Woods on a Snowy Evening by Robert Frost Whose woods these are I think to know. His house is in the village though. He'll not see me stopping here to watch his woods fill up with snow. My little horse must think it queer to stop without a farmhouse near, between the woods and the frozen lake, the darkest evening of the year. He gives his harness bells a shake to ask if there's some mistake, though in the other sounds the sweep of easy wind and downy flake. The woods are lovely, dark and deep, but I have promises to keep and miles to go before I sleep, and miles to go before I sleep. The Dame of Athelhall by Thomas Hardy So shall I see thy face, she said, in one brief hour, and away with thee from a loveless bed to a far-off sun, to a vine-wrapped bower, and be thine own unseparated, and challenge the world's white glower. She quickened her feet, and met him where they had pre-designed, and they clasped and mounted and cleft the air upon whirling wheels, till the will to bind her life with his made the moments there face the years behind. Miles slid, and the sight of the poured up grew as they sped on, when slipping its bond the bracelet flew from her fondled arm, replaced anon, its cameo of the abjured one drew her musings thereupon. The god with his image upon once a gifted from him, and so it was that his carving keen, refurbished memories wearing dim, which said in her soul a throw of teen and a tear of her lashes brim. I may not go, she at last, length up take. Thoughts call me back. I would still lose all for your dear, dear sake. My heart is thine, friend, but my track I home to Athel Hall must take. To hinder household rack. He appealed, but they parted, weak and wan, and he left the shore. His ship diminished, was low, was gone, and she heard in the waves as the day tide wore and reed in the leer of the sun that shone, they parted forevermore. She homed as she came at the dip of eve on Athelcombe, regaining the hall she had sworn to leave. The house was as soundless as a tomb. And she entered her chamber there to grieve, lone, kneeling, in the gloom. From the lawn without rose her husband's voice to one his friend. Another her love, another my choice. Her going is good. Our conditions mend in a change of mates we shall both rejoice. I'd hope that it might thus end. A quick divorce. She'll make him hers and I wed mine. So time writes all things in long, long years, or rather she, by her bold design. I admire a woman, no bulk deters, she has blessed my life in fine. I shall build new rooms for my new true bride, let the bygone be. By now, no doubt, she has crossed the tide with the man to her mind, 
far happier she in some warm vineland by his side than she ever was with me. The Girl I Left Behind by Edward Dyson I said, I leave my bit of land, and khaki they've entwined me. I go abroad to lend a hand. Said she, my love, I understand. I will be true, and though we part a thousand years, you hold my heart. The girl I left behind me. I went away to fight the Huns, no coward thought could bind me. I sizzled in the tropic suns, I faced the bayonets and guns, and when in daring deeds I shone, one little woman spurred me on. The girl I left behind me. Out there in grim Gallopoli, hard going they assigned me. I pricked the Turk up from the sea, I riddled him, he punctured me. And bleeding in my rags, I said, She'll meet me somewhere if I am dead, the girl I left behind me. In France, we broke the Germans' face, they tried with gas to blind me. In mud, we bogged from front base, and dirt was ours, but not disgrace. They carved me till I couldn't stand. Said I, now for the laden hand, the girl I left behind me. I came ashore and struck the track, for dust you scarce could find me. The dear girl gave no welcome back. She changed her names and state, alack. You've been a time, I must say, Ned, in finishing your old war, she said. Girl I left behind me. I flung a song up to the skies, for battles gods designed me. I think of Fifi's laughing eyes, and Nami dusk but sweet and wise, and chortle in my heart to find how very far I left behind the girl I left behind me. Solitude by Alexander Pope Happy the man whose wish and care a few paternal acres bind, content to breathe his native air in his own ground, whose herds with milk whose fields with bread, whose flocks supply him with attire, whose trees in summer yield the shade and in the winter fire. Blessed who can unconcernedly find hours, days and years slide soft away, in health of body, peace of mind, quiet by day, sound sleep by night. Study and ease together mixed, sweet recreation and innocence, which most does please with meditation. Thus, let me live, unseen, unknown. Thus, unlamented, let me die. Still from the world and not a stone, and tell me where I lie. Between the Rapids by Archibald Lutman The point is turned, the twilight shadow fills, the wheeling stream, the soft receding shore. And on our ears from deep among the hills breaks now the rapid sudden quickening roar. Ah, yet the same. Or have they changed their face? The far green fields and can it still be seen? The white log cottage near the mountain's base, so bright and quiet, so homelike and serene. Ah, well I question, for as five years go, how many blessings fall, and how much will. Aye, there they are. Nor have they changed their cheer. The fields, the hut, the leafy mountain brows. Across the lonely dusk again I hear the loitering bells, the lowing of cows. The bleats of many sheep, 
the stilly rush of the low whispering river, and thrill, soft human tongues that break through the deepening hush with faint heard song or the desultory call of comrades hold. The longest reach is past. The stream runs swift and we are flying past. The shore, the fields, the cottage just the same. But how with them whose memory makes them sweet? Ah, oh, if I called them, hailing name by name, with the same lips the same old shouts repeat. Have the rough years so big with death and ill gone lightly by and left them smiling yet? While black-eyed Jean, whose tongue was never still, or wrinkled the cod, Pierre, or pale distress, the homely hearts that never cared to range, while life's wild feeds were filled with rush and change. And where is Jack? And where is Fricking? I cannot tell. The fields are all a blur. The lowing cows whose shapes I scarcely see are how they wait and do they call for her. And is she changed or is her heart still clear as the wind or morning, light as the river foam? Or have life's changes borne her far from here and far from rest and far from help and home? Uh, comrade, soft and let us rest a while. Her arms grow tired with paddling many a mile. The woods grow wild and from the rising shore the cold wind creeps and the faint wood odor still. Like ghosts adown the riverner's backing floor, the misty fumes begin to creep and reel. Once more, I leave you, wandering toward the night. Sweet home, sweet heart, that would have held me in. Whether I go, I know not, and the light is faint before, and rest is hard to win. Ah, sweet you were, and near to heaven's gate, but youth is blind. And wisdom comes too late. Blacker and loftier grow the woods and heart, the freshening roar. The chute is near us now, and dim the canyon grows and inky dark, the water whispering from the birchen pry, one long last look and many a sad adieu. While eyes can see and heart can fill you yet, I leave sweet home and sweeter hearts to you. A prayer for Bacold, one for pale Lisette, a kiss for Pierre, my little Jacques, and thee. A sigh for Jean. A sob for Jean. Oh, does she still remember? Is the dream now dead or has she found another mate? So near, so dear, and ha, so swift the stream. Even now perhaps we're not yet too late. But oh, what matter? For before the night has reached its middle, we have far yet to go. So bend your cheer paddles, comrades, see? The light ebbs off the space. We must not linger so. Aye, thus it is. Heaven gleams and then is gone. Once, twice, it smiles, and still we wander on. The Love Song of J. Alfred Prufrock Let us go then, you and I, when the evening is spread out against the sky, like a patient anaesthetized upon a table. Let us go. Through certain half-deserted streets, muttering retreats of restless nights in one-night cheap hotels and sawdust restaurants with oyster shells. Streets that follow like a tedious argument of insidious intent to lead you to an overwhelming question. Oh, do not ask what is it. Let us go and make our visit. In the room the women come and go, talking of Michelangelo. 
the yellow fog that rubs its back upon the window panes, the yellow smoke that rubs its muzzle on the window panes, licked its tongue into the corners of the evening, lingered upon pools that stand in drains, let fall upon its back the suit that falls from chimneys, slipped by the terrace, made a sudden leap, and seen that it was a soft October night, curled once about the house and fell asleep. And indeed, there will be time for the yellow smoke that slides along the street, rubbing its back upon the window panes. There will be time. There will be time to prepare a face to meet the faces that you meet. There will be time to murder and create, and time for all of the works and days of hands that lift and drop a question on your plate. Time for you, and time for me. And time yet for a hundred indecisions, and for a hundred visions and revisions, before the taking of toast and tea. In the room the women come and go, talking of Michelangelo. And indeed, there will be time to wonder, do I dare, and do I dare. Time to turn back and descend the stair, the bald spot in the middle of my hair. And they will say, how is this hair growing thin? My morning coat, my collar mounting firmly to the chin, my necktie rich and modest but asserted by a simple pin. And they will say, but how is arms and legs are thin? Do I dare disturb the universe? In a minute there is time for decisions and revisions which a minute will reverse. For I've known them all already. Known them all. I've known the evenings, mornings, afternoons. I've measured out my life with coffee spoons. I know the voices dying with a dying fall beneath the music from a farther room. So how should I presume? And I've known the eyes already. Known them all. The eyes that fix you into a formulated phrase. And when I'm formulated, sprawling on a pin. And when I am pinned and wriggling on the wall. Then how should I begin? To spit out all the butt ends of my days and ways. And how should I presume? And I've known the arms already. Known them all. Arms that are braceleted and white and bare. But in the lamplight, downed with light brown hair. Is it perfume from a dress that makes me so digress? Arms that lie along a table or wrap around a shawl. And should I then presume? Or how should I begin? Shall I say, I have gone at dusk through narrow streets and watched the smoke that rises from the pipes of lonely men in shirt sleeves leaning out of windows. I should have been a pair of ragged claws scuttling across the floors of silent seas. And the afternoon, the evening, sleep so peacefully, smoothed by long fingers, asleep, tired, where it malingers, stretched on the floor here beside you and me. Should I, after tea and cakes and ices, have the strength to force the moment to its crisis? But though I have wept and fasted, wept and fasted, though I have seen my head grown slightly bald, brought upon a platter, 
I am no prophet, and here is no great matter. I have seen the moments of my greatness flicker, and I have seen the eternal footman hold my coat and snicker. And in short, I was afraid. And it would have been worth it, after all. After the cups, the marmalade, the tea. Among the porcelain, among some talk of you and me. Would it have been worthwhile to have bitten off the matter with a smile? To have squeezed the universe into a ball? To roll it towards some overwhelming question? To say, I am Lazarus, come from the dead. Come back to tell you all, I shall tell you all. If one, settling by a pillow by her head, should say, That is not what I meant at all. That is not it. At all. And would it have been worth it, after all? Would it have been worthwhile, after the sunsets and the dooryards and the sprinkled streets, after the novels, after the teacups, after the skirts that trail along the floor, and this, and so much more? It is impossible to say just what I mean, but as if a magic lantern threw the nerves and patterns on a screen. Would it have been worthwhile if one, settling by a pillow or throwing off a shawl, and turning towards the window should say, that is not it at all. That is not what I meant, at all. No, I'm not Prince Hamlet, nor was I meant to be. I'm an attendant lord, one that will do to swell a progress, start a scene or two, advise the prince, no doubts, an easy tool. Deferential, glad to be of use, polite, cautious, meticulous, full of high sentence but a bit obtuse. At times, indeed, almost ridiculous. Almost, at times, the full. I grow old. I grow old. I shall wear the bottoms of my trousers rolled. Shall I part my hair behind? Do I dare to eat a peach? I shall wear the white flannel trousers and walk upon the beach. I've heard the mermaids singing, each to each. I do not think that they will sing to me. I've seen them riding seaward on the waves, combing the white hair of the waves blown back, when the wind blows the water white and black. We have lingered in the chambers of the sea, by sea girls wreathed with seaweed red and brown, till human voices wake us, and we drown. It seems like a distant relationship, doesn't it? Melancholy, but caring. There's no letters from her in these replies, but I don't know if perhaps he kept them somewhere else, or maybe he didn't even send these. Hard to say. Am I reading too much into this? I don't know. It's just a collection of poems, I suppose, but... Wait a moment. These numbers. This isn't... These aren't page numbers. This is a telephone number. This is something. I knew it. Okay. Let me try...
trying to reach is not available. Please call back. No. It's not a valid number anymore. Okay. Okay. Leave this with me. I'm going to contact someone. I'm going to see if we can trace this. It's going to take some time though, so... I'm going to leave you to your musings tonight, my friend. I hope you sleep well when you get there. You deserve it.